Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. I am joined by the whole gang today. That's right, Ben and Evan are here. I'd like to shout out our season three sponsor, TNK Comics and Collectibles. You can follow on Instagram for claim sales at the Nando Knight. That's what TNK stands for. Or on shortboxed.com slash TNK Comics. All right. Now we are diving into DC Comics today. A member of the Bat family we've only discussed in team-ups prior to this. This is a book by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. It was my number one pick of 2021. This is Nightwing leaping into the light. Okay, Bruce. Uh, the the cats are in the up. studio tonight, everybody. I'm going to be distracted the whole time. This is much more interesting. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You should see. Yeah, you see. get that pen. What Bruce is doing right now? <laughs> Everyone's Everybody. like, do they mean in the story yeah. or the... No, Bruce yeah, the yeah. Cat. So there's the, the panel where the Bruce is carrying the dry erase marker in his mouth. <laughs> six. Six out of five. <laughs> All the way to the top. I was watching The Dark Knight Rises the other day. No. Had you seen that before? Well, I hadn't seen it since I bought the trilogy on 4K, oh. which normally I would binge in three days, uh-huh. but uh, just this is your first hadn't. time watching the 4K version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh um, my gosh! Which, How was the darkness? You know, <laughs> let actually, yeah. Let's let's mention this. I've said before, Ben got me hooked on this. I've been rebuying my movie collection, upgrading. Thanks, Ben. Ha- have you watched the Dark Knight trilogy in 4K? Yeah, I think I did when we did the movies. Have you ever seen Son of a Woman on weed? That's the way to see it, man. It's just black. I feel like 4K is like the new iPhone where you have to... Watch what you say. You have to... That's the next few words. (laughs) We have to like name drop the device or the quality (laughs) of the thing. Yeah, I have a Panasonic PDP 1000. uh, Okay, okay, okay. It's no different than saying like, oh, I got the CD or I got the vinyl. If you're listening to it on a totally different format, it's a different thing. And they're remastered for that. I saw it in IMAX. So I really like the way that Interstellar... The Prestige and other Christopher Nolan movies look, but there'll be times when I'm watching the Batman movies, I'm like, "Wow, these look so good!" And then it'll cut to like an indoor scene, and everything's really like red and orange and mm. oddly oversaturated I'm just or something. What's his face's office when Bane puts his hand on his shoulder. <laughs> like, do you feel in charge? Yeah, yeah. that room is but like, pretty stylized. The both Batman Begins. And the Dark Knight to a lesser extent, because they, they do each look better as they go, but I think it's because they use more and more IMAX as they go. Uh-huh. And when I'm watching Rises, they actually do like a full screen crop of the IMAX, which makes it look fucking massive uh-huh. instead of the sidebars, you know? For the whole thing, because I know like Interstellar does it where they'll switch back and forth depending on yeah. the scene. Well, it does switch back and forth, mm-hmm. but it's never more apparent than these like big, gorgeous full screen shots and then it'll cut to like a 35 millimeter whatever it is like that scene you're talking about where they're they're indoors and all of a sudden everything seems kind of dull by comparison like Mm. you don't have the clarity definition like the biggest difference to me in a blu-ray and 4k because now that i've watched a lot of them the cost 
Yes, the price. No, because uh, I only buy them if I can get them cheap. But the biggest difference to me is the lighting, the subtlety of the lighting and exposure. Because so often, now that I'm watching Blu-rays, it's like, God, these are all like really blown out. Yeah. The colors are oversaturated. The contrast is super high. So like the highlights on people's foreheads and shit will be disappearing into white. You know, mm. It's sort of almost the opposite of that effect in some of these indoor scenes where like the color is just way too saturated and it kind of makes everything a little muddy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe the fault of whoever was responsible for the, the transfer. Yeah, the transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I imagine those would have been some of the earlier ones to get made on this format probably. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was something that I've constantly well, we, noticed as I'm rewatching them. I'm like, I never thought this scene looked different or well, worse. Well, to be fair you know? with like that movie, he was definitely phoning it in by that point. So, What, are you talking about the third one? <laughs> No, really I think just the, wasn't trying. I think the third one's the best looking one, but because of that, it's really apparent when it's not on that level. Uh -huh. You know? Did anybody see Oppenheimer? No. That, it's not out yet, is it? Is it? I don't think so. I didn't think so. Oh, uh, maybe it's not. No. Well, yeah, but I saw it. You have not even you, future man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. A, we win the war. I don't want to spoil he's it. He's a for close you, friend of Christopher Nolan. I don't know if you knew that. I call he got him his Chris, 4K Chris, Chris, yeah. early. You need no, Chris actually, he going. insists on Christopher. It's strange. And his brother, Jonah? No, no one. Act okay. What? Because <laughs> he co-writes most of his scripts with Jonathan Nolan. Oh, okay. But Jonah like, Nolan? I've heard him call him Jonah, Jonah. so I was okay. like, yeah, you know, you fucking got the inner, inside track. But apparently, normal people don't know that. Mm. <laughs> what does he mean, normal people? Full you know, guys who mm. come here and be like, yeah, I think I saw that once. I'm like, shit, I've seen it more than once this month. Did you uh, <laughs> catch the game this weekend? Yeah, yeah, the sports event. Yeah. Yeah, the parking was a bitch. When they did full frontal, that blew my mind. <laughs> Watched Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent last night, and it was... Nick Cage? Yeah, it was very yeah. enjoyable. I just see all the little clips. Now it's like memes of Nicolas Cage Pedro, in, the, yeah, in yeah. the car turning. Oh, is that what it's from? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that all over. Dude, it's and, so funny. Amber and I found ourselves on an accidental Nicolas Cage kick. For we're like, not sure what to watch, and then we'll just there's a Nicolas Cage movie. And we're like, okie dokie, <laughs> and yeah. so we've watched four or five recently. Just kind of face now off. We're, now we're just chat. No, they've all been newer ones, oh, okay. like Mandy. I've um, heard good things about that one, but it looked pretty gnarly. So I it is avoided it's it. pretty <laughs> much just like a revenge movie, but mm. it's so like highly stylized that it's very fun to watch. It's, yeah. it's just like you don't feel gross no it's like 70s rotoscope but with today's quality or something so it just has this cool synthy metal soundtrack and everything is bright colors and crap and it's really fun to watch the other one was like Willie's Wonderland is that where he goes in like the chocolate factory no the uh rock of fire explosion like the little place or like a Chuck E. Cheese kind of place? Yeah. There's one, and that was bad, right? Uh, no, I like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I also like that. <laughs> you know, a random Cage movie that I liked was Snake Eyes. I haven't seen that. It was a De Palma director. That's one, one of those ones where it's like, oh, you got to watch the details because you're going to miss the... It was like a conspiracy or something like yeah, that? Yeah, or... the reason that I watched it is because I saw... I think it was a YouTube video or something that was talking about sort of the misconception of him as an actor and how... You know, people kind of think of him as like kind of a corny, hacky kind of guy. But they were like looking at all of his different roles and talking about how he's like one of the great experimental artists of his genre. Sure. And that, you know, you can 
look at him in all these different roles and never see him repeat at all, you know? So, like, if I think of a Nick Cage movie that I really like, it'd be, like, 8mm, because that's a really grounded, serious movie. Mm -hmm. Joel Schumacher, actually. But I remembered seeing something about his performance in, in Snake Eyes, and they were talking about, like, on the surface, <laughs> you might think, you know, that this is a little bit nutty, but, and they kind of did this little breakdown of it, and I was just like, I gotta see that. That sounds really interesting, and I, I was very impressed, and I, I sort of never looked at him the same again, because... I He's also great. had that sort of like, you Are think you of him doing as, this crap on purpose or like, what in the <laughs> yeah. hell's going on? Well, like you think of him as face off and con air and like those over the top nineties roles or in the past 10 years, like many weird straight to video kind of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, did you just need money? Is that what this is? <laughs> I don't blame you. That's but, yeah. I think he just genuinely loves to work and loves to play. Like he's, he's a character actor who got, Sort of unintentionally branded. He got branded as a fucking movie star when, like, that's not like Gary Oldman doesn't. He's one of those cases where, like, you'll watch an action movie from the past and be like, this person wouldn't be a lead person today. Yes. Like, this is clearly born of the 70s or 80s or 90s or something. And I think that he's one of those cases, like, you were a handsome action man in the past. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> like I just different different times, I guess. I just picked up Nepo baby. I just upgraded <laughs> my uh, my Pulp Fiction. Topical. And um, I hadn't watched that in many years. Mm. And watching. He's one of my favorite guys in Pulp Fiction. A lot of people don't know Nicolas Cage is the gimp. <laughs> Shut up. But, <laughs> He's but the waitress Travolta. in the restaurant. Travolta is what I'm. <laughs> That's is, how good he is. What I'm going for is like that is the most unexpected role for him and in reading the trivia Bruce Willis only plays the boxer because he got turned down for Vincent he's like no no mm. I really want Travolta he's like but I've got another part I could give to you right and that was great for Bruce Willis too it yeah, was yeah. and like huh. it even said Daniel Day-Lewis wanted the part of Vincent Tarantino was like no I want John Travolta I'm like are you fucking but, mad uh, but picturing that as Daniel Day-Lewis like is wrong not to say that he wouldn't have killed the role but like it's like too serious of an actor, too dramatic, where like Travolta coming off of a lot of the silly 70s and 80s stuff are more like over the top. Uh, That's why he's a good fit for that. I could see that. It's but weird. yeah, watching it was very interesting because even after not seeing it for a while, I'm like, oh yeah, he is like one of the main... God, that's a weird role for him. Well, and that then, brought his career back. And then after about mm. 20 minutes, you kind of forget and you're, you're lost in the character. Danny Bonaducci or whatever his character's name was in Greece. Danny mm -hmm. Bonaducci. <laughs> I mean, they do some dancing. <laughs> the Fonz. <laughs> All right. We're switching it up this time. We've never talked about, I don't believe, a solo spinoff of the Bat Family. So today is Nightwing, Leaping into the Light, 2021. This collects issues 78 through 83, which I don't know why I never said that before. I feel like I should start mentioning that. <laughs> like when we read something that's in, in continuity of like, yeah. oh, by the way, it's this run. Yeah, I do. Uh, sometimes I, in picking this up, it still says like volume one, mm -hmm. like it's a trade paperback. Yeah. Volume one. I'm like, S am I reading the right amount of yeah. stuff? Not yes. eight years into this and series. And <laughs> I don't even, yeah, yeah. You're like, but which volume one? Yeah. Is it yeah. the 2021 volume one or the 2019 yeah. volume one? And also, uh, the 2016 volume one. For the record, didn't ask anybody to verify. And I was like, well. So you read something I, from I the 80s? Either, yeah, <laughs> I either read <laughs> the right amount or but I not gave even the, close. I gave all. you the title, Leaping into the Light. Yeah, so. yeah. Also, this Leaping into the Light, I wish 
Now every comic book title that has a subtitle, I just want them all to be Nightwing, dead and loving it. I just want them all to be dead and loving it. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want them all to be. All right, if I can get through my fucking intro, guys. We'll uh, dog. Written Some by Tom happen. Taylor. Illustrated by Bruno Redondo, who does a fantastic job. Colored by Adriano Lucas. And I'm going to word it this way. Additional pencils by Rick Leonardi and Neil Edwards. Additional inks by Andy Lanning and Scott Hanna. I say it that way because they're in one issue, which is, I believe, issue five. Yeah. For a minute, I thought you or were setting 82. me up with a one. Like, every issue is going to have a different artist. And I was just going to be he mad at you right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I saw that it was written that way in the beginning. I'm like... Well, that's not the case. Is that the flashback stuff? Yeah, because yeah. okay. I couldn't even remember. I was like, well, at what point does Redondo not do it? Because he did the whole, th- eh, I don't know. And so I, as I reread it, I was like, oh, got it. That makes sense. Yeah, that's, I, that's I sort of the that. detective comics, the tiny classic run, comic books. Yeah, you yeah. know, that we experienced when it was like the, the Kate Kane flashbacks would be a different artist. Mm-hmm. Or I was like, okay, I like it used in this way. Yeah, not, not just a like, I oh shit, I'm behind, help. What I had already forgot that there were additional pencilers by the time I got to that point. Yep. So I was like, oh wow, his style really translates to oh this whole book. Yeah. <laughs> wow, he's so versatile. Yeah. I didn't even notice until right now that the blue buildings in the back of the front cover make up like his logo. Wait, the back of the front? Hang on. I love this cover. They make the logo and then also in the W. The W also contains That's his logo. That's too. Does it have a number on it for our listeners at home? Just number one. Oh, it is. That's yes, the, cover the cover for number, number one. one. Yeah, man. This whole this so, whole thing is so like him, very graphic him to me. Leaping oh, yeah. into the light. Okay. The silhouette of the light is his logo. So yeah, that's got to be the cover for, God, I guess, seventy eight. So cool. I like too that it's it's not inked. It's just colored. It's just blue buildings. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. This. I bought a few covers from this series just hoping that someday I could get them signed because the art just blew me away. Yeah. Yo, 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 Redondo. Don't mean to jump to the conclusion, but yeah, the art in this is... <laughs> <laughs> me gusta mucho. So there's an opening flashback. Well, hey, before I get to that, we hey, us- I, I usually ask... Whoa, Evan, well, I'm trying to move forward <laughs> with the stuff I'm trying to say. So The other day I bought a Betamax. The back of the front. <laughs> no. <laughs> I usually ask first impression... I think you're a little cynical and dark for my taste, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Not as a me. Yeah. Yeah. As a person, but Just of caught this off guard book. by your constant robe wearing. <laughs> you know, we've you never you come over here and you've been dressed. It's a little weird. Uh, my first impression was that I was mad because I thought this was penciled by multiple people. <laughs> but then, as you're reading it. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that wasn't the case. I'd like... Many of the other things we read that were darker, visually darker. Yeah. But again, this is like the first Snyder Capullo run we read. Just like Owls. Yeah. The bright colors. It is so pleasurable to look at. Yeah. Versus looking like a page that's like half black. Well, yeah. Bloodhaven, you know, we're in a new place too. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little more metropolis. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah, rather yeah. live here then because this place looks nice. Yeah. Because everything's orange. Yeah, Equally yeah. corrupt, yeah. but it's much brighter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but, the, but the palette, though. The fashion everyone wears, it's all bright neon colors. <laughs> It is cool, though, in that they're really, they don't treat the solid dark spaces as only black. They, like, minimally use actually black itself. Like, this background here, instead of also being black, the foreground is black. And the background is, like, that could be, yeah, because that technically would be, like, inks and that would be a black. But Mm -hmm. instead, they just kind of do, like, a bucket fill. 
of a different a, color. There's a haze between you and the object, so that's why it's not solid black. Totally. Yeah, it's almost like the the sunset is cast in a yeah, almost like a I don't know. It's making you squint your eyes a little uh, bit. Yeah, it's got there's <laughs> atmosphere. Like the characters instead get black outlines, like it's a cartoon or the foreground, and everything else gets a solid color treatment that fits with the rest of the palette. His style reminds me of Ryan Otley. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, this yeah, reminds yeah. me of Invincible yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, All right, so opening flashback, a young teenage Barbara confronts a rich bully named Shelton. I kept his name in case he came back later, but he didn't. Um, he's beating up a smaller kid. There's like three of them beating on this kid. And How Dick, do you know this isn't Heartless? Oh, yeah, maybe. <gasps> uh, that would be stupid. Dick happens to uh, <laughs> I see this and get roasted immediately. The, the bully is like, Flying Graysons, huh? Guess they can't fly after all. <laughs> Your parents are dead. And <laughs> what a Did you forget? <laughs> yeah. And then he ducks this guy's punch and gives him a taste of his own medicine with the uppercut headbutt move. Yeah. Just as Shelton starts making threats like, cops will never believe you over me. I'm rich and powerful. And then Barbara says to the approaching policeman behind her, you can see the sirens kind of moving in, and uh, she says, oh, I think they will, Dad. <laughs> and um, first scene, I am hooked. It's beautifully drawn. The characters are perfectly on brand just in this short vignette, like how they interact with each other, what they stand yeah. for. Mm. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I was thinking that after he uppercut headbutts him, <laughs> the panel where it shows like they're all getting into it. I was thinking that that, snicker uh, action? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, like what, what Dick is doing, how he's like jumping into that's, the fray. That's like Wolverine. Yeah, 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 true. That is <laughs> like Wolverine. He's wearing yellow. This is 90s Wolverine. Um, that, <laughs> that That's the kind of move that would look better with like a close-up panel, but then when you're seeing it from a distance, it's like, oh, that's a really weird thing to do. Who, yeah, who's he going at? Is, is he, he just dogpiling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what I thought was interesting is on that, that head juke move before the uppercut thing, the first panel almost looks like he's leaning into the punch but misses it, but I think he's doing like a side thing. But mm. because it's a profile, it looks like he's just leaning forward into the punch. I think he fully ducked down. He ducked under it. Uh, okay. I, th I, th I, thought, I think he's... E oh, that was that sort of be. a side, a, like a side a, juke a to go down. of like a down. Yeah. That makes sense. I thought he was just like headed towards his chest and that's how also how he got in front of his face. But maybe... Who knows? But I was like, if the thing's coming at your face, you don't want to bend your neck toward it. <laughs> <laughs> when you have the speed, you just of end up acrobat. getting punched faster. <laughs> yeah. No, I want you to punch my forehead, not my nose. <laughs> Present day, now after the title cards, some sick pieces of shit are kicking a sweet little three-legged puppy in the street, and they're all on a team of some sort. And <laughs> on a sports team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nightwing, I believe, should have broken the no-kill rule right here on the spot. <laughs> But he beats them up and then for some reason lets them go. They're not just kicking the puppy. They're kicking the puppy. He steps in and goes, hey, guys, what the fuck? And he goes, you're right. And the guy pulls out a gun to oh, kill yeah. the puppy. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's a little more extreme than kicking it. So, yeah, he lets them go after that so they can terrorize, I don't know, children and cats. But <laughs> They'll grow out of it. Boys will be boys. <laughs> he approaches the dog who's very scared and bites him. And he says, okay, vet for you, doctor for me. And they swing off. Together. And that panel of the puppy biting his hand is one of the cutest things. Yeah. So there's, one, there's one other panel in this book <laughs> that may be as cute, but that's about it. 
It is pretty adorable. Is it the one of the shots of Nightwing's butt cheeks That's in the tight suit? Is that highly erotic? That's not cute. <laughs> okay. No, it's the little uh, anime Barbara. She's like, you know, oh, I'm on the line, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Her little avatar. Yeah. All right. Nightwing's narration continues to explain that this city of Bloodhaven is full of bullies. We've already seen two examples now. Here we look at Blockbuster, a kingpin-looking mob figure, not the uh, video store that my friend made a movie about, meets with the mayor and police commissioner. So Blockbuster is the villain. shows up at Blockbuster. Yes, and he meets with the mayor and the police commissioner. He kills the mayor with his bare hands in front of his successor and tells her, your job is to serve this city, and I am this city. He mentions briefly her estranged father and then says, congratulations, Mayor Zuko. So we've done Robin's Reckoning on this show. I think we know who the fuck also, that uh, is. Long Halloween or Dark Victory? Dark Victory is about Robin, right? Yes, Dark Victory. <laughs> the panel of Blockbuster grabbing his face. Mm -hmm. That's one that I can just, it's done so well that I can picture it animated. I can hear the sound effect of like, whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was sick. I love seeing those proportions too. Seeing how massive his hand is compared to the yeah. guy's head. And his then his thumb is like the length of his face. <laughs> I think I said Kingpin because I just watched Spider-Verse, but oh. like what else could you compare this yeah. massive fuck yeah, to? Yeah. I mean, one was probably a rip off of the other. <laughs> he's, he's even wearing a white suit. <laughs> I when mean, he, she shakes her hand at the end, and you can see her, her tiny little <laughs> hand in his hand. It's like the cover of Dead Kennedy's Plastic Surgery Disasters, mm. the tiny little shrunken hand. I bet Kingpin was first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, this is, I wrote, Dick heads home, but when you just glance at it, it says Dick heads. Um, <laughs> Dick heads home after a, uh, quote, a vet bill that stings more than the bite, and finds someone in his apartment. You can see this through the window. Bruce! What are you doing? Well, I'm not doing anything. You're fucking with shit. I'm just being cute. He swings in through the window and is thrown with his own momentum into the wall before his feet touch the ground. She's lucky she didn't hurt him. Yeah, it's Barbara. Um, and uh, she has come as the executor of Alfred's will. It's odd to me that she uses his full name. No one would talk like that. Dick had a weird story arc, by the way where he was Rick or something else and had brain damage. And so if this feels super removed from when Alfred actually died years ago in the storyline, that's why. Is this Alfred died in the cave defending the home? Is that what it was? Somebody showed up and... From what I understand, it was in one of Bane's later... I am Bane or something. It's the I don't Tom know. King one. The Tom King one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did read So it. that's a while back. Yeah. They're finally addressing it now because he remembered who he was and he's back to being Nightwing. Again. Well, and a lot of this book feels like an intro story. Yeah. It's like setting the tone, reminding you of the characters, reminding you of why these people are important. Oh, yeah, he was in the Teen Titans, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like mm. He reads a very nice letter from Alfred here saying how proud he is and that he's leaving him all of his billions because he, Alfred, believes that Dick is a force for good in this world and that he can do a lot with it. This is another moment that feels very modern, both because Gotham Knights, the beginning of Gotham Knights, the game, Batman dies. But like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's whoa. an opening scene. Whoa. Yeah, uh, but 
it feels like a lot of the modern stuff we read has someone dying and then like leaving a, a letter. That's what they're all like reading these. Well, it's like also, saying these things that they can't say in person, so they read a sad letter. And but also there's this. Oh wait, that was in um, Earth One. It was like a passed down letter of like this. House is cursed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the the penny, yeah, yeah, Pennyworth uh, That's what I was thinking family of. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's mentioned when he gets to his apartment complex. So right before this scene, he's arriving with the pup and he, he sees this massive building and he's like, yeah, with all my money I had from Bruce, I bought this whole block or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now the money's run dry. And then it's like, immediately solves this problem. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a bunch of money. Cool. <laughs> That way, like, if you're just tuning in, I am currently poor, and this is good news. As opposed to, like, why does it matter? You still have access to Bruce's money. Yeah, I thought you were rich. And in a very short epilogue, Mayor Zuko comes home, and she plans to do something about Dick Grayson. She mentions him by name. We don't really know what she means. She's got a poster, and his head is circled. (laughs) Like Steve Buscemi and this kid. Billy Madison. What's <laughs> <laughs> on the lipstick? Man, I'm glad I called that guy. All right, so issue 79 opens with a beautiful montage that encompasses all eras of Dick Grayson's life, from his real parents to his surrogate father, Bruce, to his other father, as they put it, Alfred, while including the classic Teen Titans and, as he says, my brothers, Jason, Tim, and Damien. And so were these specific panels also done by the other pencilers? Like that shot of the Teen Titans? No, because uh, Br- no, Bruno's is credited all- for every other issue as the primary artist. So he like recreated that shot yeah. from the Teen Titans. And dude, his homages, and he continues them after this too, are just fucking spot on. Yeah. Like they're some of my favorite parts. It makes me like, because I think that early Nightwing costume is pretty dumb but I still like it in his depiction of it. And like seeing the transformation from Robin mm-hmm. to the final version of Nightwing yeah. is really cool. Dude, I never gave a fuck about Nightwing in the 90s, honestly. And then 80s, I think. he'd pop up here and there in Batfam stuff. And, I, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. You know, like I, I, I like the way Dick interacts with the other team members. Yeah. Like that, I think that shit's really cool. But this was the first, you know, like when I started buying Robin comics, it was Tim Drake. And so... All these years later, I'm finally reading my first solo Dick Grayson book, and I'm like, this fucking rules. Yeah, well, I think the, he's badass. He is really cool. The challenge of the character to make you like him as people who like Batman is like, he's Batman, but not but he's dark nice. and brooding. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's nicer. Yeah, that's maybe, it's not a hard sell, but it takes a little getting used to, and you're like, why wouldn't I just read Batman? Yeah. Because he's dark and like more of a ninja and brooding about it now. We like get better villains. Cracking. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it for that reason because I only want to spend so much time in like reading really serious. Like I get tired of, sure. yeah, of yeah. like how much of a butthead <laughs> Batman is. And so reading this was... It's like, I don't want to read another book about Sam. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, He's like a quarter Spider-Man, three quarters Batman. Yeah. Maybe a third yeah, Spider-Man. But this whole thing is like more Batman. pleasant and comical. And yeah. they, they crack jokes. The whole thing is more lighthearted. Uh, Bruce, you have something you want to say? He's climbing up to Ben's mic. Nope. But right. Nope. It's a little shy. Don't touch me. It ends with uh, present day Dick and Barbara saying that he lives his life without a safety net because he's always had these people to catch him when he falls. And uh, they're they're ordering 
slices of pizza, they're walking to the, through the park, whatever. I do find it interesting. I bet Evan would have pointed this out. Also fresh in my mind because I rewatched Inglorious Bastards and it's a major plot point. But he holds up the peace sign to order two slices. Barbara says, you're a billionaire, remember? And he goes, oh, right. And then he goes to the European, like the thumb and three fingers. Mm-hmm. For four, which, European. which I can't even do with my fucking hand. But um, yeah, so then he, he switches from the American two to the European four. And I'm like, that's weird. Is that an Easter egg or is that just a... I don't know why. Don't know. Is Bruno Redondo a Nazi? Is Bruno what? Redondo <laughs> European? Yes, he wasn't in Glorious Bastards. Yeah. You're right. But uh, sitting in the park with their pizza, Dick is <laughs> contemplating what to do with this inheritance, right? He always imagined that Bruce could have maybe done more outside of the Batsuit. And as they're talking about it, a homeless father and son ask for spare change. And Barbara's like, oh, I don't carry any cash. And Dick's like, hey, wait a second. You guys hungry? <laughs> and takes them back to the pizza spot, buys them a slice along with everybody else in the neighborhood, says, hey, invite anybody that you think could use a hand. He makes a phone call. I'm going to book you a hotel room. And then they ask for his credit card. This pizza place serves French fries. That's, that's disgusting. That I sounds good. I like that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Well, hey, Abby's Pizza, they have the fucking spuds, you know. I don't go to Abby's Pizza for that reason. Spuds? Well, only Des- that reason. You are a bad person. Spuds. It's the, the sliced fried potatoes. Uh, it's very Dick good. Goes, hey, wait. And he has this. I got he a has new complaint. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait. He's got. It's like if Nirvana that's was in the 2000s right there. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> he has a bing, a cartoon light bulb. No, that's I was saying a, thanks because he said that's my favorite Metallica song. Yeah. You said thank you. That one in the today is going to be the day is going to come back to you. The drumming is... <clears throat> uh, he's got this cartoon boom, light bulb and that's just another one of those examples of I wouldn't see this in a Batman comic. Yeah, tone. And very minimal. It's like uh, that, the little I, manga, mm-hmm. Barbara, just these tiny little elements of those styles, but mainly oh. not. And, and it's not that his big, face doesn't look unrealistic. Like the onomatopoeia words being drawn into the panels mm-hmm. in a way that like mm-hmm. almost encompasses the, sh- it makes the shape of the whole panel yeah. and like cool stuff like Walk, that that's shrink. more fun, I guess. Did either of you guys ever read Generation X when it first came out? Uh, Chris Boccolo was drawing it. It's like an X-Men offshoot or something? Or? Yeah, the young people. I and, watched the 90s Fox made for TV movie Generation X. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> this kid this houseless family's young boy with his scarf there was a character named chamber and he had this like this power crap that was yeah like that was like emanating from his throat chin or something and so he had to guard it all the time it was kind of like uh like cyclops in his inability to control stuff you know like if it's not guarded that i can't do anything about it and so this chamber character always had uh like a scarf or something else extra across his like like little mouth and stuff yeah yeah and that's what this kid makes me think of i like the idea of them coming up with new heroes and like what orvis can we have yeah what does the power (laughs) emanate from shoots out of his ears but the whole team is comprised of (laughs) energy (laughs) orifice people with the same power but from different holes (laughs) one's got the ace ventura (laughs) to spread the cheeks (laughs) (laughs) but uh as he's making the hotel reservation on the phone here he realizes that his wallet is missing and one of those kids that he was feeding must have stolen it. Barbara texts their group chat to make fun of him 
setting up an amusing joke about Cassandra blowing up the phone with emojis, which yeah. I love because See, funny. she's a person who doesn't talk, communicate verbally very yeah. much. So that was a good gag. As Martin, the homeless man, the father, uh, leaves with his son, he's attacked by a shadowy figure in the dark alley. This kid uh, runs away, but Martin's heart appears to be ripped out by some sort of inspector gadget device. Like Dr. Claw? Gun. Yeah. yeah I'm I mean, curious about the logistics of this device. Yeah, it's very accurate, I guess. Only because you're not smart about science like I am. That's science true. and engineering. Well, That's my main explain thing. it to me then. Well, it's got these little hooks. It would go over your head. <laughs> You've seen uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> I would yeah. love to, but <laughs> that seems pointless. Kali Ma, Kali Ma. Yeah, got it, got it. Dick suits up to chase after his wallet. Apparently there's a tracker in it. But we got a nice fan server shot. Oh, yeah, get some nibbles it's and like, some scars. I just appreciate everybody gets theirs. Oh, the abs and the change of yeah, clothes? He's, like, he's got his shirt over his head, half taken off. And I like that he's also all scarred up because we read that stuff recently where they like make a, a point of making topless Bruce look like gross. Mm-hmm. Oh, And mm-hmm. so I like that, like, yeah, yeah, cool, he's also, he's not unscathed. He's got, I've been fighting since I was a boy. Yeah. I got shot for the first time when I was nine years old. <laughs> so much like Selena's contact lenses in the Batman, his new domino mask has uh, the ability to broadcast what he's seeing to Barbara, who's basically playing the oracle role in this. She makes mention that she's fixed up enough that she can maneuver about town, but she said, uh, you know, jumping off rooftops is probably pushing my luck. Uh, Maroney is in Bloodhaven, meeting with soon-to-be Mayor Zuko. And Nightwing finds the kids who stole his wallet at the same time. So the scene begins, we're seeing Maroney and Zuko sitting like an outside cafe, cut to Nightwing on the rooftops chasing these kids, and oh God, those kids are running up right to them. I hope they don't make a move not knowing who the fuck they're stealing from. Of course they do. And he has to swoop in when the shooting starts. Well, these two pages are a great example of what we see elsewhere in the book of like, so the first page I'm speaking of has four panels top to bottom, and it's the same shot, but showing motion throughout, Mm -hmm. showing the progression of a scene. And then the next page is one of those great like human anatomy shots of showing a like I a gymnast those. in action and yeah. in motion. Yeah. Just like really, really fantastic. It's cool too. That illustrating motion. I like that it's devoid of like directional lines or like speed lines. I mean, it's not rendered to the same degree and that's the whole point. It's supposed to be like, it shows the distance, you know, he's lighter in the back and he's yeah. darker in the front, but also it just doesn't get like the fact that the version of him that's up in the air like doesn't have any abs or anything like that. It's uh, so cool that it's just blank. Other that's than, where he was just a moment ago. You yeah. didn't catch the full thing. It just gets that like dot fill. It's like a photograph. If a photograph showed every one of those things. Mm-hmm. You're and talking it, about the two page spread, right? Yeah, where he's exactly. Swinging from the building. But it's so cool that it's unclouded by these like directional lines like, or anything. Hey, moron. This is where he started. Look at the line. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm he's going fast. Spelling it all out for you. <laughs> but like the next page, if you turn there, it's got those mm-hmm. twack, knock, yeah. you know, when he's hitting people. Bright yellow against blue. They do a really great job of conveying action in all of this. I was just so impressed by this, again, being my first taste of it. And like, I just heard so many people be like, yo, dude, this is my favorite book of the year, my favorite book of the year. I'm like, really? Fucking Nightwing? All right. He doesn't yeah. even Robin have a book? mullet. Come on. <laughs> yeah. why, am I gonna, why am I going to like that? And, and so I'm, I'm reading and I'm just going like, God damn, like it's, 
like the emotional stuff is played off really well. Like all the little character moments are done right. And, you know, we're barely into it now. And then we're seeing how well the action plays out. And I'm just so impressed. I'm so invested in it already. I don't know anything about the opinions of other people, but I decided it all on my own that I liked it. I wouldn't have bought a yeah, Nightwing yeah. book uh, yeah. just because okay, the cover buy, looks cool. You'll buy eight Harley Quinn things. And <clears throat> I will. <laughs> oh, I won right, Nightwing. you I are, buddy. Yeah, and I will touch myself. Sorry. What? <laughs> Barbara insists on calling the cops, even though Dick says that it's pointless given the city's corruption. And when he catches up to these kids, he realizes it's a whole community of homeless kids. And he lets them keep the wallet, that's the end of 79. Dick just has a cool character versus Batman's strange motivation. Like his childhood was also traumatic. And then an uh, like adult kidnap adopted him and, and then turned him <laughs> into a killing machine and stuff. And like he, he has reasons to, to not be sane, but he seems very grounded. Yeah. You know, he still wants to fight this fight, but. He seems like a pretty normal person. He seems pretty compassionate. By comparison, yeah. Yeah. Although I do, I think it's interesting, as we see in the flashback of Dick's parents, some of the idea being like he's not a a jokester and a quip guy because he's more well-adjusted than Batman. Mm. He's that way because that's just the way his parents were, and there's Mm -hmm. like some fundamental, he's just a smartass. Yeah. It's not like he's better, like he's not mentally better necessarily. He's just... That's what he is. I imagine Thomas and Martha Wayne were also very serious, unfunny people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of jokes in the Wayne house yeah. versus him. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. To Evan's point, I think back to, I want to say it was three jokers where they're dealing with Jason Todd's trauma or whatever, and Barbara's saying, why did you let him turn into this? You know, And he was like, because I watched you do it. And I thought he would be more like you. Like, I think that Dick and Barbara are good parallels to each other in mm. people who have been involved in this kind of shit their whole lives, and yet they still have this inherent goodness mm-hmm. that's not cynical totally. the way that Jason and Bruce do. For sure. Yeah. Well, Barbara came at it just like exercise or something. Like, I can do this. I want to do this. I'm plucky. Yeah. Not like, I just secretly want to kill people, but that's too much. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just beat them up. Book number 80 opens with Dick waking up to the police at his door. Uh, He's booked this hotel for Martin, we know, but Martin was found dead. So the cops theorized that he must have propositioned him in some way, and the things went south. Luckily, Barbara hadn't quite left town. With a quick phone call, she was able to turn around and offer an alibi to the police, complete with the GPS on her phone, being Oracle and all. Any attempt at interrogation here is comically in vain, given their surface-level knowledge of uh, criminal law. They fight people to the death all the time, and they both have law degrees. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love Being that Being squeezed over the kitchen table, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. I love that Barbara doesn't say, do you know who my father is or some shit like that? She mm. says, I have a law degree. And Dick goes, oh yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he says it like Norm Macdonald, but he did. He was very, he was very oh, content yeah. to not mention it at all. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, wait a minute. That reminds me. Dick wants to find Martin's son, Elliot, and he calls Tim for help. When Tim shows up, he offers him a wallet chain for Batman so he doesn't lose it again. 
And he pushes him off the roof. That must have been the Snyder Cut you These were reading. These are just I human didn't... characters. Yeah. I'll fucking kill you, little yeah, kid. Yeah. No, no, no. People called in. They voted to kill off <laughs> yeah, Robin. Yeah. I was thinking about how people can get used to a lot of stuff. We've all played shows. Amen, brother. The things that previously made you uncomfortable and then they make you less uncomfortable and stuff in the future because you do them so many times. I was just thinking about how these characters are all humans and how insane it is that they jump off skyscrapers all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're so used to it that they're, there's zero hesitation. Casually mid conversation. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you want to, you want to, yeah, well, like that's so wild. Or in this part, he's taking them somewhere. Tim doesn't necessarily know where they're going. But Dick is just like, and hop off here. And he's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> like, uh, he could do it as fast as he says it and with zero hesitation and be totally You're land cool. on that moving train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to tell you. You know, you just do it. Yeah, yeah, you, you will. You, I don't know what it is, fine. but there's something very satisfying about watching the Robins mm-hmm. or watching Dick and Barbara without Batman around. Yeah. It's a fun change of pace. Well, yeah. it also, it's like the better adjusted children of a messed up parent. Yeah. yeah. He's not bad, but like he's dour. Yeah. If it's a dour energy over every situation. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, I wouldn't the, know anything about he's that. He's just that one person who like instantly changes the dynamic, but in a bad way. Oh, you know, God. Like, Are you talking about me again? <laughs> no, okay. like, this is an intervention, <laughs> you piece of shit. I'm sorry to get insecure, guys. <laughs> when you're seeing them like this, this seems like the real version of them. But when Bruce is around, everybody is like more reserved and more serious. Yeah, more serious and stuff. This is like, yeah, them playing practical jokes and just having. Well, that's true. What have you been doing today? In a Batman story, if everybody's on deck, that probably means there's some tension between them. Shit's going down. They need everybody. It's an emergency. Mm -hmm. And so this is a totally different tone. It's not like. Oh my God, call Cass and Jason and everybody. This fucking mm-hmm. the Joker's going to Time traveling alien has come through to uh, merge the dimensions and we need you to yeah. deactivate the bomb. In this page where they're on top of the train and then hopping off and swinging and talking, I feel like I could forget that this is part of this story and this is just maybe like a Friday night and it's like the two boys just hanging out and I could just <laughs> fill in whatever words I want into here. I also like that the whole Robin thing is like, it's not generational, but it feels like it. Mm-hmm. I like that there's been so many iterations of the character and they could all hang out together. Yeah. Versus Batman mostly just being Batman the whole time. The same man for 80 years. Yeah. Because whenever they do change it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, remember that time he was a French guy? Um, the, the, I just, Batman Year 100 was cool. We don't even know who that guy is still. I agree with that. Yeah. I did like that one. He wears fake vampire teeth. It's oh. neat. It's not stupid like it sounds. <laughs> Brown combat boots. <laughs> it's one of those things. Uh, you just you just have to see it. Yeah. You can't roll with. It. Hear me out. Plastic Hear me vampire teeth. What if Harley Quinn was pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> you okay, I'm on board. Doing it with Batman. I'm the father. <laughs> like uh, I just want another Cassandra Kane Bat Girl Batwoman series. You know they're doing uh, the. Cass and Stephanie team up book that's been out for a while. Batgirls. Are they Batgirls in it or are they spoiler and orphan? I don't know. It seems the weird to be I, stickler about that, but I like them as Batgirl, not as these other characters. I know them better as their other characters, yeah. so I'm fine with that. But I only didn't buy it because the art looked a little cutesy, kitty uh-huh. kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't my, you know. But that works if the content is ultra violent. 
<laughs> I like the contrast. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's just uh, not what like I go for. But. Powerpuff Girls, but yeah. with hella gore. Like Puff I just heard, and, oh yeah. yeah, there's a a new Tim Drake solo series coming out for the first time in forever, and I was like, fuck yeah! And then I saw like preview, and I'm like, no, not, <laughs> fuck yeah, not for no. me, not for me. That's okay. Is Orphan the one that was a Batgirl? Orphan is Cassandra Kane. She was like the the quiet one. Yeah, the one who was Asian a girl mute. had the, like a full face black mask. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see uh, Redondo drop her. I think she has the best back girl costume of me any too. Of them, it's so which is cool, red, like a full, just yep. blackout ninja costume. Honestly, I really and I think it's kind of unpopular, but I really like the Burnside Barbara costume. Show me a picture. It's the one that's like the kind of motorcycle jacket zip up thing. It's Barbara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's really like bad. that one. It's not bad, but I just love the sleekness of the Cassandra Kane, or originally the Huntress Batgirl costume. I have it, Evan, but I don't want to dig it out of a box right now. <laughs> I'm going I'm to try to just make a Google. Ba- Batgirl of Burnside. At the end of the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was one of the fake covers during the end credits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Where okay. she's like doing the peace sign in There's the mirror. It's like a selfie, yeah. It, it's good. It's a cool costume, but that's still, in my opinion, the best one. Oh, yeah. I like that one. All right, I'm going to fast forward back to the story here. So Tim now in plain clothes takes the dog for a walk to the homeless camp because uh, Dick's a little too old to uh, go in there and go against Steve Buscemi. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> but this has the, uh, so Bab stayed the night last night? Yeah. I slept on the couch. I see. And then the, just the cutest She's little... Like, you know I can hear you, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do now. <laughs> that would make a great like pin or sticker or something like that. Yeah, that's more like what Batgirls looks like, I yeah. think. So he hangs out there for a little while and gathers that a lot of these kids were orphaned in the same way with somebody getting their heart cut out. Oh, God Whoa. damn it! You fucking idiot! <laughs> what does that thing even do? It's uh, like a light boxing. Oh. Yeah, that's where I take all those photos and the like piece. high contrast white backgrounds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, wow. Where was I in my notes here? So they have, all these people have had their parents killed by Heartless. Right. So they all live in Tent City together. It's yeah. a lot of people to have their parents murdered by yeah, that's a lot man of who hearts. steals hearts. Yeah. yeah. By <laughs> Shelton, because we know it's him. <laughs> Just then, two of uh, Blockbuster's super-powered goons show up. And at, at this point, I'm like, okay, grain of salt. Blockbuster, and then these two doofuses, just their names and shit. They're products of their era. They're very much products of their era. But they're played like But I don't assholes. care. I don't care. Everything else is so good. I don't care. But it's like, at this point, I'm like, mm. But they're not portrayed as if they're cool. Yeah. They're portrayed like dorks. So like, that's their name and yeah, that's like their costume. Yeah, like they ground-level goon thugs yeah. but they just happen but to have a budget but they're super powered yeah I just think they just have money yeah, they yeah. Just... I bought an electricity thing <laughs> yeah. I got cool knives <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah what's your name I'm Brutalo so, <laughs> Brutalo <laughs> so Toka and Razor show up <laughs> <Yes>. here <laughs> and, only uh, not as cool and they get and this is going to sound bad but I don't know how else to put it they get gloriously tag teamed here <laughs> by Nightwing and Robin and it's such a great action scene that doesn't sound bad at all where Dick conjoins the batons he, he screws them together Tom tosses it to, his uh cowley sticks they look like Buddy Rich 
five Bs to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a drummer. <laughs> but no, he attaches them together to one long staff and tosses it to Tim. And I'm like, fuck. And again, same thing. No communication. They're just on the same yeah, page yeah. immediately. Yeah. Oh, and I, so good. I love how many, he does it at least three times where he does this like, quad yellow border okay. panel that's like Ikea or like a instructions air, airplane like, safety like buckle the belt yeah yeah it's a, remove yeah, the yeah, overhead totally. mask uh-huh. but just like the play by play of every part of it like there's the one in the earlier when he, where he's got the puppy and it like shows how he's using his cable thing to take off with the puppy and I think we haven't seen it yet but there's the other one when he opens the window with like his laser yeah. staff it's like the same thing like yeah, yeah, a yeah. rotational red arrow yep. to show you what's going on that's so funny <laughs> this would be a good time for us to shout out Adriano Lucas on the coloring. Uh, yeah. yeah. The colors well, make this book. I can imagine what the stuff would look like without the colors, but... I was just so bummed that I was going to have to spend time with you and <laughs> reading this bright, colorful book brought me out of it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was just loathing the thought of spending time together. Well, I'm glad this the, could be a, a, a gel cap to your jagged little pill there. <laughs> In the end, Nightwing declares that these kids are now under his protection and as he turns around the camp is on fire now they're trying to evacuate people as the arsonist makes himself known and it is heartless a little bit of a hush vibe yeah the trench coat sure. and the uh masked face and this... and also a little like cobra commander maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah or yeah. metallo who's the guy who had the uh the metal head i think that's metallo or not metallo something metallo it's the, the other guy Oh, the Cobra other Commander guy. is this guy. And then there's the guy with the popped collar and metal oh, face. Oh, yeah, he has. Yeah. Yeah. Chrome Dome. Why can't I? Optimus Meta- Prime. Meta- <laughs> Metallo's the guy from Superman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Kryptonite Heart. Yeah. I don't that's know not in the G.I. Joe universe. That's- <laughs> <laughs> the, this last page, uh, Heartless, where forearm it's like and. F- yeah, forearm and drumstick <laughs> in, the, in the foreground and then the. The only yeah, thing that's it's like weird so here, solid and so graphic. No one has said his name, and he knows his name. Yeah, I didn't like he that either. He acted like he was surprised that someone cut his heart out, and then like, oh, there's more people this happened to. It's like when someone just learns something, mm-hmm. and you're with them when they learn it, and then later that day, you guys are at a party or something, and they're like teaching. So, oh yeah, the fuck. you don't know about this? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows about this. Fuck you. It, it made me think he was another guy who's been around forever, and I just didn't know. Like no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the Bloodhaven corner of DC. It almost would have been better if it to was make like six dozen orphans. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, maybe some of them were like really fundamentalist Christians. You know, they're like seven kids per home or something. Yeah, it could just be five oh, guys, okay, five yeah, guys yeah. with eighteen women. That's yeah, all these one. Kids. <laughs> yeah, one. It's not one kid, one. Parent. It's actually a commune, is what happened. It would have worked better if leading into it, he's like, "Yeah, I know, it was him, heartless." If it was something more like only the only kind of person who could do this is and then cut to the page heartless sure. or something. Because then you could get the reveal of the name in an organic way that wasn't like, how do you, are you naming him now? Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. He should have named himself in that scene, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's not what it was. Maybe this is something that Dick is like muttering to himself under his breath, you know? Or he just goes, He's just heartless. And then the guy goes, that's not my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my name's Baron Von Riekenrocker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my name's Ben. 
Yeah, maybe maybe this is the equivalent of he's just to himself saying like, "What a dick, asshole." What? I mean, there's I can't no hear way you that over he the flames. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like a very anime thing, anyways. Like, there's no way that he can hear him. It's hot. We can't stand this close to fire. You see this blazing inferno? <laughs> I'm gonna write some goons into my next Batman story, and it'll be uh, Evan Polanski and Ben Vaughn. <laughs> Those are better names. Yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> better than your actual names. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Our parents goofed. All right, so number 81 opens with Melinda Zuko as she's publicly sworn in Danny as mayor. Danny Zuko, that's his name. There you go. Daniel. Before the commissioner escorts her to a backroom ceremony with blockbuster Maroney and plenty of other Bloodhaven mob. I love that they're in the same place. Just right yeah, next yeah, door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got the banquet room, but uh, do you think you could fit us into the Regency? Yeah, yeah. what about the janitor's closet? <laughs> Meanwhile, Robin takes the kids to safety and away from the fire. Nightwing fights Heartless and learns that he's untrained but very powerful. That he carries a fire extinguisher. <laughs> There'd be a great $400 action statue of Heartless <laughs> with a fire extinguisher. Weird, weird gun thing and fire extinguisher. I love that, though, him saying in the fight of like, you get a moment of like, oh, man, is he in trouble? Because it looks like that really hurt. And then he's like, Actually, this guy kind of sucks. Yeah. This guy's lame. Yeah, he's well, got a suit. Yeah, quickly he's sort of fucking with him. And he's like, do you always talk during battle? And he's like, when a guy's this lame, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when it's clear that he's lost, though, Heartless detonates a bomb saying that Nightwing's weakness, ironically, I'm sure, is his heart. And he knew those kids would be fleeing toward the pier. So he blows up the pier. Now, stranded on this burning pier because they blew up the side that was connected to land. Robin calls for help. Barbara puts in a distress signal, a beat of tension, and then an emotional release when they get flooded with calls from these nearby ships and the harbor just fills with the growing images as they come closer into proximity of all of these people who've come to rescue the kids. Not... Something you get maybe outside of Batman the Animated Series. Something. Yeah. It's a very mm. nice moment. Uplifting moment where that might be... Sort of the opposite of the Joker fairy thing, you know? Yeah. The whole point is that not everyone just, sucks. It's not just that they don't do the murder, but it's that they actually proactively yeah. help. And where this would be something that even in a Batman story could be there, but it would be like the final climax. Yeah. Because that would be the real thing. It's like, yeah, but at the end they can't Humanity prevails. Not like a middle yeah. of the thing like, oh yeah, the city's not that bad. Yeah. Not as bad. Yo, where is Bloodhaven? It's in Kansas also. <laughs> totally. It's right by New is Orleans it, is it, in the is Midwest. Is it close to Gotham, Kansas? It's like across the river or something like that. Oh, okay. It's, I wouldn't believe anything he says about they are near I believe DC everything geography. That he says. Thank you. You've made the right choice in life. I meant specifically about geography in they, DC. They're not far from each other. I know that. Sorry. It's like the, the taint and the balls. They're just right there. Yeah. Just a hop, skip, and a jump. Mm -hmm. Bloodhaven <laughs> is a perineum. Bloodhaven. All right, number 82. Dick wakes up in his apartment having suffered a concussion. Tim nicknamed the dog Bitewing, a.k.a. Haley, and Barbara breaks the news about the new mayor, saying that uh, Zuko was sworn in. Uh -oh, Check this out. Zucko. Shares what dirt she could dig up, which isn't a lot, uh, but it isn't good. She may have been estranged from her murderous father, but she was raised by Maroney. And this sort of deflates Dick's hope for revitalizing Bloodhaven from the inside. Because that was sort of his plan was to kind of work within the system and 
not necessarily address the corruption, but address the root causes of all of this crime and poverty, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Violating Barbara's order to stay in bed, he sneaks out. In that scene we just had, to counter your true thoughts about the deep issues, I just want to point out, Barbara Gordon looks fantastic. This design of her and realization of her is excellent. Just a very, very pretty lady. But on top of that, that he gave her the Batman slapping Robin meme shirt. Yeah. And yeah. Easter egg list. Yeah, sure. drew it in different from different angles for each shot. It's, yeah. I so really, funny. really like that. I had in my Easter eggs that shot as well as when he's being interrogated by the police in his apartment earlier. Yeah, it's weird. It's actually only in these apartment scenes. Another t-shirt Easter egg. He's wearing a Black, Black Canary King. Band yeah. shirt. I think all of my notes on this are only Easter eggs. T-shirt related. <laughs> it's yeah, on brand. Yeah, yeah. It's just, they're all Easter eggs. It's a cool version of the shirt, though, because it matches the coloring of the book of, like, neon gradient overlay mm-hmm. over yeah. the image. Also, no actual black. Yeah. I just love the character designs, period. Like, there's... They're all great. On the same yeah. page that you're pointing out that shirt, look at the shot of Dick that's on the lower left of that page where he's got the bandage on his forehead and he's just sort of looking slightly off camera. Where he's saying Bitewing? Does that... Mm -hmm. No, where he says, I'm going to go pay Melinda Zuko a visit. Mm. Maybe we're talking about a different page, but it's in that same scene. It's in that same scene. Yeah, yeah. And it is so striking, like the shape of his jaw, the determination in his eyes. He looks like Bruce... But mm-hmm. not, and I love it. Yeah, it's another one of those where he looks like a distinct, unique person. He doesn't mm-hmm. look like, man, all men look like this in my universe, and all women look like this. Like he, yes. has a, he looks like a specific person. But like, it's a thing that must be really hard to do, that you take this guy, who we've talked about his sort of boyish charm and this other energy that he has, and in this moment, he's channeling Bruce, and so he's on model for himself, and yet giving you that other side of himself mm-hmm. that very much pulls Batman back to the front of his face. Like, I don't know. I'm just very impressed by these little things that show a depth of personality without changing the design necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't a, know how you do something I think like it's that. a sweet combination, too, of some people really pursue reality when drawing comics. Yeah. Like, highly detailed. You know, it's not a painting. Like, far more detail... And this person has like just like a really good balance of creating cartoon figures that still include some like just the right amount of detail to make them look more realistic. Yeah. And, and bouncing back and forth, like some shots that are very yeah. kind of abstract and formless and then close-ups mm-hmm. that really look like a detailed picture of a person. Totally. Yeah, dude. Like if you cut like to the next hero faces. Mm-hmm. Cut to the next page, at the bottom it shows him diving out the window. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of pink hue of the sunset yeah and look at the detail in the background again nothing is inked it's all got this sort of haze this color wash and then just these tiny little details of the lights and yet it's so detailed you know exactly what you're seeing Mm -hmm. but there's so little there it's a good marriage of the modern detail dc look with that sort of cartoon style yeah yeah, like it's it's not it's not bruce tim simple Mm -mm. it reminds me of a more appealing to look at version of the city in whatever that most recent batman cartoon we watched the wb one Uh, oh the batman the batman Batman, yeah 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 yeah, Mm -hmm. i could see that going along with the whole like 
it's not black all the time, only in specific places thing. That same panel, Sam, where he's saying that he's going to go You only visit. allow blacks in specific places? Ugh. He's going to go visit Zucko. Did you hear what he said? God I did hear what he said. Ugh. Dick has, he has some lines on his face, but all those lines are like a darker flesh tone. Almost red, like a light red. Yeah. Dark, it's light like, dark red. It's like the black is used to show like depth and distinguish one shape from another shape. Like, this is my head because my chin has a black line underneath it. Mm. And uh, this is the top of my pecs. And so it creates a little bit of depth. But, like, maybe an old person would actually have black lines on their face because then you'd be like, those are wrinkles. Uh, those yeah. are deep wrinkles. Well, I think we talked about that when we read Hush of, like, yeah. okay, this is over-rendered, but for what reason? What are we <laughs> totally? <laughs> what are we seeing? What are you showing me? Yeah, why yeah. does he look 100-year-old in this panel? And then not in this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dick sneaks out at night, as we kind of mentioned here. He enters Zuko's apartment and once again gets knocked out. For the second time that day, he wakes up unmasked, tied up, and Zuko calls him by his real name, Dick Grayson. He says, I know who you are too. And on the final page, Melinda Zuko says that she learned the real truth about her past, that her father is John Grayson. Now, this is a comic booky soap opera twist thing. How did it go over for you? I was fine with it. I wasn't upset or like, oh, I got to close it now. Yeah, at this point, I'm sort of like, okay. It wasn't like, well, that's nice try, guys. But it wasn't also like, oh, my God. So I was sort of just like, <laughs> oh, let's see where it goes. Yeah. It is cool, though. It fits with the tone in that you can then see the possibility of collaboration. She's his Jim Gordon. Kind yeah. Of. Like you're, you're my person on the inside that can actually help. And the whole thing is supposed to be positive and uplifting. 82 opens as Melinda asks Dick to lose the costume because <laughs> I, I have someone to introduce you to. Right? Let me see that ass. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. what you're famous for. Hey brother, take your clothes off so you can meet my mommy. <laughs> so yes, that's yeah. I want you to meet my mom. Can Mommy. you tell me, uh, is it is it Maylee or is it Miley? I think it's Maylee. Maylee, that's how. Okay. M-E-I is May. All right, so her mom, Maylee, is upstairs. And in a lengthy flashback issue with different artists, we see Maylee intimidated by Tony Zuko, sort of forced to be with him. She escapes when she takes him, no, when he takes her to the circus. But there's, a, there's an initial fun setup to this where once Dick realizes he's not in trouble, he like, call off the squad, call off the squad. Right. We get the shot of like <laughs> the Titans and Batman in his jet. I'm like, okay. I'm yeah, we've got Starfire. Cyborg. Uh, what's Raven, her name? Donna, Donna Troy, Troy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Beast Boy. There's a shitload of motherfuckers. They're mm -hmm. all flying in. We got Batman flying in. The last one where everybody's busting a Huey. <laughs> yes. That was very invincible, actually. Mm. The only thing I feel with this is it, it just made me think of all those other times in comic books when the hero is in trouble in some way and no one helps them. Like when Tim Drake yeah, blew yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why didn't like the aliens who he's friends with yeah. stop by to help him that one day? Or Yeah. You're like, so it's this easy every time? <laughs> They're just right there, ready to go. They must have been pretty available. <laughs> Backstage at the circus, the yet-to-be-wed Graysons, John and Mary, hid Maylee and fought off a gun-wielding Tony Zuko giving him not just an ass-kicking, but a teddy bear as a parting gift. 
and antagonizing him the entire time with that smart ass, mm-hmm. quippy, picking at you kind of jokes. You fucker, stop bouncing around. He's like, okay, we're flat footed now, still kicking your ass, yeah. you know? I like that you think that the circus master or whatever is just being kind of like this mediator or that, you know, like you have those bosses at Target that they're not actually like backing you up. They're just, just backing up the business. You yeah, know? yeah. And so you kind of think Diffuse the that, situation, but I'm not on your side. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, no, I'm just trying to get this belligerent person out of here. Not that I care anything about you, peasant. Um, <laughs> then he's like, but she is in your trailer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good man. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's nice because it, yeah. it could be the opposite, but they're actually on the same page. I mean, they explain in a minute where it's like, Dick's parents weren't together at this point. They're there. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, they're not going to betray him as a philanderer or cheater. Yeah, so like, right. Are they going to do some kind of interesting, like, open relationship kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had the three of us yeah. were together for <laughs> the four three years. Way. It was yeah. the best four years of our life. <laughs> May Lee joined them in the circus and uh, had a fling with John before Zuko tracks her down and leaves the bear in her bed, in her place. After stealing her back. Yes. Tracks her down. Kidnapping is the term. Takes her. You can steal people. When John discovers this empty bunk with the bear, which is, again, just the calling card here of like, yeah, you remember this, asshole. I'm Teddy Bear Man. (laughs) Which (laughs) I love. You know that I robbed the bank. I love that he kept it all that time because when he was walking away after they'd given it to him, there's a shot of him being handed the bear and then there's a shot of him facing the camera walking away and he's holding it by like its bottom yeah. like at one of its feet or something. Mm. And uh, I was like, how funny that the gun-wielding angry guy wouldn't throw it on the ground and storm mm-hmm. up. No, he's not oh, fine. I'll take my teddy bear and <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Yeah, he's like, rag him, frag him. But in his head, he's also like, this is the nicest thing I've ever received. <laughs> no one ever gives me yeah, a present. What a sweet guy. So John discovers this empty bunk with the teddy bear and then gets sucker punched by Zuko, I think. Or is it one of his goons? He like uh, mm, pistol He gets, him. yeah, Bonks from the backside. Tony Zuko pistol whips him and then crushes his hand. Yes, stomps on his hand to break it. Really nice guy. (laughs) Nah! (laughs) So, a little ways down the road. Nobody treats a circus folk like that. (laughs) So, Mei Li is with Zuko, giving birth to Melinda, but never speaking of her true father. Sort of says, look, we all knew what was probably the case, but we never spoke of it. Years later, when she leaves for good, she takes Melinda to the circus to hopefully meet John. But to her surprise, John had a son with Mary and afraid to disrupt their new happy family, she leaves. Shortly after, of course, the Graysons were killed and never had a chance to reconnect. And that might be the most gruesome version of the Robin with his dead parents. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. I will, however, have to say that John is doing jazz hands, and I don't, n- neither of... If you knew anything I, about dead people, you know I'm just they saying, do jazz hands. I know they know a lot about when anatomy Mortis when they draw. Sets in. But out, out of the four arms that are laying there on the ground, mm-hmm. I feel like just one of them should be over a torso. That it just It's odd to me that they're uh-huh. both like posed like mannequins laid down on the ground. Yeah, that's fair. But this, he's doing jazz hands. This thing on... Mr. Grayson's like left hip, like that piece of wood sticking out of it. Yeah, him? I couldn't. I couldn't. Like, wood. I couldn't figure out what that was supposed to be. Is this the ground that just got colored in a way that makes me think that it's above the ground, or is this like a bone, or is this a piece of wood that 
kind of impaled him. Yeah, I had the same thought, and I guess I just, my brain settled on, oh, he was stabbed by wood, because that was the easiest of, like, the, well, I don't think he would have realized that he well, didn't finish the body yeah, when I he didn't was notice drawing that. it. And uh, how come they don't, like, clean the floor at the circus? They're <laughs> <laughs> all cracked. It's the same place over and over. Where they, they could make it nicer. Yeah, well, yeah it's, no, they're I mean, a traveling it's, it's circus. A, it's a freaking two-by-four. But this was in Gotham. Well, yeah, but they mentioned that Zuko caught up with them in fucking wherever town, and that's when he stole her back. So it's like it's clear that they're on the Star road. Star City, also in Kansas. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Sam, Everything's in Kansas. Next actually. time somebody in your we're life. in Kansas right now. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene, <time>. Kansas. <laughs> next time somebody in your life has a child, I need you to channel the energy of this man. What does he say? Just look how freaking pumped he is. The I guy know, doing like a fist pump? There's yeah, other, yeah, the yeah, right? yeah, far, far right bald guy. He's, uh, he's that's fucking, what I, yeah, oh, he right. is, related. Yeah, he's pumped. <laughs> yeah! yeah. Cigars! Yeah, I had, the beauty of life! The miracle of life! Uh, <laughs> Isn't it awesome? I love special. crying on this! <laughs> I had the awkward conversation yesterday when I was invited to a, a one-year-old's birthday party and had to be like, I... I'm sorry, but just kids make me uncomfortable. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm glad to be asked, but I no, I just no. You know what you could have done if you were not a piece of shit is say I don't want to go. But here's a fun little kid appropriate Batman toy on brand. Shows a little bit of consideration. You still don't have to go there. You still don't have to see anyone. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh. Here's this thing from the mid '90s, from uh, when they would give McDonald's toys. You know, they were Batman themed. So here's this <laughs> one. It's kind of dirty, those. but no, no, it was it was better than that. Actually, what I ended up going with was uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. yeah. Also, that's like a parent's life right there, like just endlessly buying new different things oh, yeah. because there's constantly new pop culture things to grab your kids. But also attention. at the same time, it's like, oh no, he only likes Minecraft. Yeah. He doesn't read. He just likes Minecraft. We never taught him to. <laughs> I wanted to be an engineer, not a fucking nerd reading books. All right, so after this long flashback, present day, she asks Dick, do you have a good life? You know, have, have you been loved? Have you been cared for? And together they wish for each other that Tony Zuko had never crossed their paths, had never hurt them in the way that he has. And though sincere... He then thinks to himself, and I'm sorry that your daughter is a criminal because I'm going to have to deal with this. <laughs> and that's the end of 82, which I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, wow, there's an entire flashback issue. Yeah. But it was very good. And there's a nice beat at the end of that scene where he says that to himself and then in the hallway he's like, and I'm so sorry. He says basically the same thing to Melinda. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, so your mom doesn't know who you are or what you are? And she's mm -hmm. like, what do you mean you don't know what I am? Mm -hmm. Right. We just met. Yeah, I love true. that uh, bodyguard character is looking through the uh, people and the way that the artist draws it with like a little fish eye is so cool to me. Yeah. Yeah, so the transition to 83 is a, a cliffhanger here that's very brief. Blockbuster knocks on Molina's door with a SWAT team. Nightwing's break-in had not gone unnoticed. Her place was apparently being watched. And... Melinda says, look, my file's redacted because I helped take down these mobsters from the inside, and that's what I'm trying to do again. Like, I need you to fucking trust me. She basically says, hey, if I'm going to do this again, 
and you're fucking, you're Nightwing. You're our protector guy? Like, holy shit. Like, I've been trying to find you just as my brother. Like, we can work together. And so he's like, all right, well, let's stage it as a break-in. I'm going to tie you guys up and bail. I don't know who the other girl is, assistant, bodyguard. It's her, just her bodyguard, Audrey. And I, I did want to say I like the, because it's the setup from before where he talks about Heartless just being enhanced but mm -hmm. not being that good at fighting or anything. Yeah. And then when he encounters her for the first time, he's like, this person actually is really good. Mm. Maybe not a metahuman, but like, oh. she's actually good at fighting. Yeah, she's yeah. good at doing this. It's nice anyway, but it's nice in contrast to hearing him just talk about how much somebody else sucked. Because mm -hmm. then it gives it a little more weight when he's like, but this person knows what they're doing. Yeah. But this bitch knocked me out. <laughs> if you read the original uh, Teen Titans issue 14, <laughs> you'd see Audrey was the big Barda's... Um, Shut up. Ward. Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Blockbuster crashes through the window in a panel that looks straight out of Dark Knight Returns, confronting Nightwing on the roof. Mr. Miracle? Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Scott Miracle, I think. It's not a joke. I think it's Scott. It's Senior Miracle. Sounds like a joke. Yes. One of those things miracle. I said, if you combine Scott two miracle. of those words, that was the right character name. What if you were the big guy that forgot you were the big guy and you'd tried to jump down to a lower rooftop and then you just went right through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> this has a little bit of the Dark Knight. Let her go. Very poor choice of words. <laughs> Basically saying, look, you don't want to fight me up here. Even for you, this is quite a fall. And Blockbuster says, you're right. And then just pulls out his fucking walkie-talkie and tells the police copter to shoot him down. What I liked about that is in the one where he's got it up to his head, you're right fire i was like ha ha he should have had like a cell phone from the 80s just to fit his hands you know like <laughs> oh yeah block. yeah like that must be hard they don't make big cell phones cause, just because you have big hands and then two panels before that the center one where he's punching and dick is jumping <laughs> yeah he's almost like pinky up pinching it between his two <laughs> the, fingers yeah. it's so cute. can you imagine that fingers. poor guy jerking off yeah. oh, man. <laughs> no, he, or, might have, yeah. he might have a proportionally sized wing yeah maybe okay. he has a monster dog <laughs> Now, to make sure that no one in the building catches a stray bullet, Nightwing runs toward the gunfire, and he pulls an amazing trapeze move here where yes, he shoots, like he grapnel hooks into the, the vests of the guys that are shooting at him, the two guys in the helicopter. And then he swings underneath and around, re-entering the opposite side and kicking the guys in the back. Turns out there's four guys in there. Yes. And in the same motion, he wraps those guys in the fucking... The second two guys. Ropes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he kicks out the first two guys from the back. It's already attached to them, right? The ropes are. And then, much like Dark Knight, when he kicks all those cops off of the skyscraper at the end. He wraps these two guys in it as well, and all four of them are dangling from the helicopter, and <laughs> the pilot barely has time to turn around and see him, and all the guys are already taken down, and he's like, just tie me up? Like, <laughs> just arrest me? Whatever. I wonder if, as they're flying through the city, it's like, the office desktop uh, like metal <laughs> they're, balls. They're cleaning <laughs> Yeah, they got like, off each concussed. other. <laughs> I was very impressed by the simplicity, efficacy, just everything about this scene. Also character appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaking yeah. awesome. It almost like under the red hood when they're chasing Jason and it's just like, 
so easy for like nobody cuts my line you know just like uh. they're so good at what they do mm -hmm. that to watch them in these insane situations where a helicopter is machine gunning you and you jump off a rooftop at it like yeah just catching it and climbing into it would be impressive enough but they're like no, nah, you don't make this crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then they have like three of those. Like, okay, but you know what make it even crazier? <laughs> he ties the other guys on too. And that they probably can't have trained for every one of these scenarios. So that's how good they are to be able to, on the spot, improvise, to, yeah. improvise yeah. and just come up with like a cockamamie thing that's totally going to work out and they've never done before. Well, they talk about it in another way. Alfred had said like, you have a great mind. You're a brilliant problem solver. Great body. Right. <laughs> Get that ass. Great yeah. mind. You have a great Perfect body. <laughs> but I like that if they've established that a couple of times already in this story, that he's a great problem solver and, and a very unique way of thinking about things, that you also attach that to the physical prowess. And so when he's in these situations... You're watching him adapt in real time and come up with this shit that's just like, it makes you laugh. It's so good, you yeah. know? I also give the creators of these characters and all the people who've worked on them over the years great credit for being able to give Batman, Batgirl, all of the Robins, all of them are like geniuses in some way, mm -hmm. but each of them feel distinctly different. Yeah, Like Nightwing's not like a math genius like I assume Barbara is. Or like the ultra detective that Tim, Tim Drake might is, be. Yeah. yeah. Whatever Jason is, maybe he's just like a supreme tactician, mm. more like just the fighting. And, and, and the whatever combat. he is, yeah. just a dick. Scrappy. <laughs> I mean, he's like scrappy, like a resourceful. You know, he stole the wheels off the Batmobile. Like mm -hmm. he just will do whatever it takes to get it done. He's but, good at budgeting. Yeah, yeah. Resource man. <laughs> very thrifty. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that. That's nice because it would be really easy for them all to just be like geniuses. Yeah. Just like oh yeah, man, they're all like Sherlock Holmes. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Sherlock Holmes and a ninja mixed together. Yeah. Someone should do a bat family on Jeopardy or something, competing against each other for charity. Barbara would win. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I like to see Cass. She hit the buzzer just, and then make nothing. Uh, <laughs> um, draw a picture on the screen. This panel when he gets back to the apartment and just instantly biffs it through the door. I'm okay. I'm okay. You're on the floor. I'm okay on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when he wakes up two days later. Tim has been patrolling in his absence, no signs of Heartless. And so Dick decides to work on his plan for the inheritance. He consults with Leslie Tompkins and the Teen Titans. They're just the Titans, God. Sorry, I don't know these fuckers. And Lucius Fox and even Superman. There's a great line here about Batman being very persuasive and judgmental uh, that he didn't want to come to him. Clark asked him this, I guess, like, why'd you come to me and not him? Also, the nice reminder that I forgot or didn't even know that Superman is the one who gave him the name. Yeah, I Another didn't know great, that. like, this is I an introduction to the character, so he's been around, but mm -hmm. if you haven't read anything with him or you don't know much about him, like, here's a great primer, all the things you need to know, what makes him special, his backstory, every costume he's ever worn, like, yeah, you get it, that in this. It seems like they really, really know and love the character and yeah. want that to translate to the new reader. I'm trying to catch you up really fast, but not in a way that feels forced. Yeah. That line, though, about not wanting to tell Bruce because he's persuasive and judgmental struck me as, I was like, this is going to be one of those uh, lines that Evan goes, you know, 
There's a Batman part in here that reminded me a little of Sam here. And um, <laughs> that's where he says, so That's what I assume is my own reputation. Persuasive and judgmental, and usually right. And I'm like, Those first two were Sam, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they screwed that's, the poop. That's really mean. I like this interaction because I it's said you're persuasive. That's a compliment. It's the neglect of the third part <laughs> that uh, really stings. I didn't make you. You are who you are. I'm just going to disagree with you, though, on that one part. Uh, I like this interaction a lot because it shows how similar they are in what we've had a lot more than this. Is... Clark and Dick? Yeah. Dick Clark? Yeah. Weird. Whoa! All right, let's stop the show. Let's talk about conspiracy stuff. <laughs> We're not going to top this. Yeah. Hey, Casey Kasem, that's a different person. Never mind, guys. Forget that segue. Casey Kasem played the animated Robin. That's why I went there after you said Dick Clark. Okay, Sorry. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Superman being like Nightwing. Yeah, because we, we've had more versions of either Batman and Superman interacting, and then also their internal Yeah, how they think about each other and themselves. Or and- if it's just like simultaneous stuff going on in your you know, this guy's version of this thought, this guy's version of this thought. Yeah. And the whole point being to show that they're pretty dissimilar. But this, you get more of a read on Nightwing because you get to compare him to Clark and see yeah. how similar they are. But I'll just, just in general, like, oh, these guys are like far more similar and they could actually be yeah. like buddies. And yeah, like that's they a, have they, a lot more common ground. It seems like that's an enjoyable conversation they're having, not yeah. some kind of painful you know, you should really do this. Why don't you mind your own fucking business? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe if I was super god alien, it would be a little easier mm-hmm. for me. Go away. Both of them are often painted in contrast to Bruce. Yeah. And so in this situation, again, the neat thing about him not being there is that you're getting the natural dynamics between all these other characters without that kind of third wheel in the room, you know? Oh. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool. Like you're saying, to be like, oh, wow, that similarity never even really crossed my mind because how often are they just by themselves? Yeah. And also like any reminder that shows how perceptive Superman is mm-hmm. as opposed to just some faux reporter, Goku. muscle man. Yeah, no, not dumb, but not smart. But I, I like when he's written in a way that shows him as being like analytical and because he actually, yeah, he's an alien that looks like a human. His whole thing is actually like humans, but not (laughs) like in a me human, you also human in a, like he's an outside observer, you know, like, like a scientist. I wish I was a real person. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was a real boy. (laughs) (laughs) But there's that line in there that they do a lot with him. That's like, no, because you're the most human man I've ever Mm -hmm. met. You know, like, that's the weirdest way to word that, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and the fact that he's perceptive, he knows Dick and he knows Bruce. Yeah. And so he's like, he seems very fatherly in this part too, where he's like, hey, did you call Bruce? And he's like, no, man, I just wasn't. Yeah. I, I don't really want to. He's kind of a dick sometimes. And he was like, yeah, I totally get that. And I don't know, because I haven't followed the John Kent stuff, but it, I think they're setting it up with this for him going like, oh, yeah, and by the way, I'm going to be taken off for a bit. Keep an eye on... Uh, on my kid, I think you'd be a good influence on him. Mm-hmm. Who's John? Like Superboy? Yeah. Well, not Superboy, like from the old, from the nineties, but not with the little circle glasses and, and like the, the leather, cool jacket. leather jacket. Uh, half that's jacket a cool character design. <laughs> I like it too. No, it's just the current like son of Lois and Clark. Gotcha. So back at the apartment, a crowd of press is gathered, and someone apparently leaked 
the news that he's got this inheritance and now he's the richest man in town. Thrust into this spontaneous press conference, Dick announces a plan to end poverty with housing, employment, free energy, rehabilitation, health care, and more. He calls it the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation. Here we finally see the group chat with our own eyes and each person's personality on full display, the way they react to it and congratulate him. Even Batman makes a surprise call here saying, quote, you honored him today. And I'm going to be honest, I got a little misty with this that. Whole th- this whole thing that. is nice. Yeah. I didn't even put together the whole cast is only sending emojis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It's bigger than everyone else's response combined. Yeah. She took the time to type all those out, to <laughs> tap it over and over and over. <laughs> no, I got misty too. I, that was like yeah. well executed oh, emotional moment. Look at you. That's so cool how they... I got misty thinking about you getting misty. The scene didn't oh, do anything got for it. me. Yeah, got yeah. It. I was like, that's Sam. He's probably like crying right there. That right little now. bitch. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel it such made, pity Yeah, it made him. me happy, sad to know that you were just sad, sad. <laughs> uh, Sorry, man. The dad stuff gets me. Yeah. No, but how nice is that in six panels with minimal dialogue that you can convey something like that? Yeah. So nice. Yeah, I was really, really uh, impressed by how they tied everything together here. Yeah. That's why I like less words more than more words. <laughs> <laughs> just just say the right thing yeah, good. concisely. Me think good too. Yeah. Word. It, but in a heartfelt way. Heartfelt. Oh, nice. Oh, shit. oh wow. So I'm one sure. final page shows heartfelt, I mean heartless, <laughs> sitting in front of a library of glass jars full of hearts. That seems like a misnomer. Because he's got a lot of hearts. Yeah, he's got a hell of the hearts. The opposite of heartless. Yeah, yeah. He's overcompensating. He still hasn't sure. said, I'm heartless. He's like, yeah. I'm heartful. Yeah. That's my name. What, what he does say here is that his I'm vision. I'm actually heart jar. <laughs> <laughs> jar o' heart. My name is yeah. Bell Jar. <laughs> uh, what he does say here is that his vision for the future does not align with Dick's plan that he just announced on the news. And then cue the menacing dun 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 cliffhanger music. Damn, what is his plan, and what do the hearts have to do <laughs> with it? Smash all these jars on the yeah, ground and all these gonna, hearts everywhere. Like, egg on your face. Satisfying conclusion to me. I wanted to ask, I have one other Easter egg. Do you guys have any? Marvin George's Pizza Place. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a nice oh. little shout-out there. And actually, uh, Marv Wolfman, co-creator of Nightwing, is appearing at a Washington summer comic Wait, what is it? Washington State? Washington SummerCon. How old is he? That I went last year. I don't know. He looks kind of up there. He's pretty gray. Yeah, he was one of the first comic guests they announced. And um, I was like, God, I know that fucking name. And then when I was reading this today, and it's like creative, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And so uh, I was hoping to go up there this summer because I made it last year. And uh, I mean, you'd like Teen Titans. It's all daddy issues. (laughs) Oh, good, good. The whole meat of it. So the pizza place. What else did you find? Uh, back at the beginning when uh, Gordon shows up. Oh, they're taking him to Wayne Manor. And uh, that's where you live. Do you have a dragon in your moat? No. Do your dishes spontaneously break into musical numbers? Oh, right, yeah. It's probably yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. The cover where the previous versions of Nightwing are like ascending the building is like yeah. 60s Batman. Yeah. This is one of the rare comic runs where all of... The A covers are way cooler than the variants. The variants are weird because mm. they're so yeah, stylistically they're... different from everything else that they just feel. Which I mean, that happens a lot. I mean, Bermejo's doing all the variants for. Uh, That's a little weird too. 
the man who stopped laughing and all these ones that don't but look anything this like is that. So but bright and colorful. Yeah. Like, like Bermejo doing an alternate cover for a dark brooding book still kind of works. Sure. But I mean, just seeing all of his different covers that he's come up with and there's a crazy issue, now that I think of it, that Redondo did that's shortly after this where the whole issue is one continuous shot and it's fucking nuts. I had to buy that one because it looked like I'd never seen anything like it before. But the Hmm. shit that Redondo does on this run is so good. I love all of his covers. I love all the flashbacks. It's so creative and it's so inspired. Like, I'd never heard of this guy before and Mm -mm. I was just floored. Uh, I did want to say again, I wasn't having a stroke earlier. You said Dick Clark. Yeah. I immediately confused him with Casey Kasem because he's also a radio guy. Casey Kasem was Robin in many animated things. Like Super Friends and maybe okay. Super Friends. Got it, got it. But like We're old school. I know I was not I just didn't get the reference. I didn't I'm ex- like I don't know what this guy's talking to about. another plane of existence. <laughs> was, there was a thread here. Uh Black Canary shirt, you saw that. Bald cop guys drinking out of a mug that says like Gotham Rogues, like it's a team, but that oh the logo funny. really reminds me of the shadow. Oh, uh, oh with the uh, which yeah, Batman yeah. is based on the shadow. Yeah. It, yeah, it reminds me of the Shadow. Uh, there was a. Alec it's a Baldwin. comic, but the, yeah, there's also an Alec Baldwin movie. Oh right, which is sick. The Batman slap Robin. That's all my Easter eggs. Question: The very end. Yes. Television. Dick Grayson, silhouette guy. You know this guy. Heartless goes. Yes. Oh yeah, he was my first. My first. I owe him so much. What's he talking about? They don't know yet. Lost it their virginity to each other. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not subtle. I yeah, the so next much. book yeah, is that's... called Nightwing Volume 2, Butt Buddies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dead and Loving It. That's Me, the second thing. <laughs> right. yeah, I can't right. wait for that. It's almost like they want you to buy the next thing to find out what that means. Well, and the annoying <laughs> thing is I bought the one after it. If I remember right, it was it was Fear State or Joker War. It was, it was one of the tie-ins. And so, so it like totally veers off yeah. from what they were doing Eight here. years from now, I'm like, ah, oh, that was good, but like I want a direct... Part two, so I, I hope that's what they're doing right now. I want to ask you guys pros. The brightness, but also the color palette was so refreshing. It just like made me feel good to look at it. And yeah. the art style on top of that, just his character designs, the world, the way the world is realized is just really excellent. And a, a great reintroduction to this character. Yeah, I felt like in reading it that I previously felt like I didn't super love Nightwing, mm-hmm. but not because I love didn't. Ass, yeah, but that I, ass that yeah, bullet. yeah, like him as a person. Obviously, I was like, dude, <laughs> that butt though, that butt dough. Actually, yeah, that <laughs> butt dough. I prefer to call it booty meat. Mm. That's the term I use in this house. Asperger. There's the anime statue of Nightwing. Some kind of booty meat. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like four hundred dollars. I can't complete the series. That one's too expensive. Damn. <laughs> but it was like I just hadn't seen a version of him that sold me on them. Where he was like the real standout character. Well, yeah. Most of the time yeah. we've seen him in all the stuff we've done, he's just like a mini cameo. Yeah. He's there like, for like an act maybe. Cool, yeah. I guess, but noth- nothing, um, no dialogue that's like actually insightful as your character or your stance or what separates you from the thrall of superheroes. I'm just like, you're the original. You're coming around to show these young Robins what's up. Yeah, because you know? pretty much all I got to go off of is like, what he looks like, or and even that is Bruce dependent is <laughs> on the artist 
portrayal of him. So if I don't really like the art, then I'm like, you're not. Sometimes so- they show you how tough he is, but a lot of times he's used like Worf in Star Trek, where it's like they bring him in to also get his ass kicked mm. to uh-huh. show that like Damien's the tough one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah he Tim's can really fight. One. Yeah, that's an idiot with a mullet. He's like. <laughs> I like the mullet. I really don't. I like just that it's, again, another like product of its era. Uh, that somebody was like, this design rules. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is edgy AF. I, but I really like the simplicity of his costume. I like the sticks. You know, he doesn't have like all the gadgets. He's got like a grabber claw and batons. Well, we didn't talk about it, but I like that his grapnel gun is putting the two Cowley sticks together to make mm-hmm. like a trapeze yeah. artist uh-huh. thing. Yeah. It's really neat. Oh, Clever. I didn't think about that. I like the tone. Like the whole thing was more enjoyable to me in an actual fun way. Like I'm just having a good time hanging out with my buds. There is, I'm a man got his head crushed. There's some stuff in there. <laughs> Early on. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, goons chasing a three-legged dog. Hearts, people being murdered by having their heart ripped yeah. out of their chest. There's some stuff, but it's all... <laughs> at least but they don't it is, show it so it's yeah, still good for kids yeah. all of it is made more palatable by all Your the nice sunshine. art and stuff yeah, yeah. like ah, and the, the fun conversation yeah totally all these like um, sunset tones super chibi Barbara Gordon uh huh and just because we read so much Batman stuff and because a lot of it is so dark I'm and, sorry and no no I'm just <laughs> comes with the territory yeah yeah this is a pro. This is a pro. The Batman sixty six. Like it's not the right time. It's not the right time. <laughs> please, I have it on please. The list. <laughs> um, just the visuals, like dude's so solid with his figures and his faces, and rides the line between like stylized realism, but all the cool stuff. Like we, I mean, we just read the other one that also had Jock had a good use of like the dot matrix tones. Yeah, uh-huh. Like he does that in this, but way in a way more just like not really like a fade out kind of gradient way, just solid like parts of it look like new newsprint yeah. comics. And, and a lot like of times just of on school. those flashbacks too, you know, like mm-hmm. it's really tastefully done that they'll be like, okay, not only are we going to change the color palette or whatever, the costume design, but we're going to actually use entirely different techniques to illustrate this is from a different era, mm-hmm. which is so fucking satisfying to me. Totally. And I probably wouldn't have read this had you not read it. So yeah. I just really like So the for a scenarios. guy who doesn't want recommendations, you're glad I was recommended it. I just so I could recommend it again to you. Yeah, I like when every, you know, one out of every eight is enjoyable for me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> hate you guys. Next up, we're going to read Swamp Thing, Dead and Loving It. <laughs> I, I, actually, Swamp Thing, Green Hell, issue two, which was scheduled for February 2022, just came out in February 2023. So, yes, that's right. A year and two months. A a year and two months between issues. Just read that and I'm really enjoying it. Could not believe that it was actually here and existed in the physical form. But yeah, that was pretty rad. Let's continue. I'm going to say for pros, every part of the story serves the character development. Like, it's one of those where nobody is just there superfluously. Like, everybody's playing a role that's specific to that person. Mm. And they're there for that reason. Mm. You know, like, everyone has something good to do. Just general use of the Bat family. And then, like we talked over and over about, the artwork is just consistently striking in all the different ways that they approach it. I also really enjoyed the writing and the dialogue. Like the conversations between characters were actually 
funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot funnier than the like the Joker who's supposed to be funny. Usually, yeah, is. yeah, like ah, cool, forced. There Just, were no other than those wrestlers, football players. There were no edge lords in this. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. pro wrestlers. Besides those guys, Just who, uh, brutal yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not just, those edge lords, the ones at the beginning who beat the puppy. Oh, right. Those guys on either yeah. a high school or those college are jocks. team. Those are just standard jocks. Yeah. Standard jocks with Glocks, you know, <laughs> pointing their guns at three-legged puppies. Yeah. You know, just boys being boys. That's basically snidely whiplash, mustache twirling <laughs> evil guy. That's a little <laughs> out there. Let's tie that three-legged dog to the railroad track. <laughs> I really hope that he finds them again and... Really, each trade will begin with him beating those guys up as they're about to do something <laughs> heinous. Now that's some invincible. Oh man, shit, if yeah. there was like a one shot with Bitewing and like it's a reve- <laughs> it's a revenge story. <laughs> I would love. That. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch the that. dark revenge story yeah. of the dog. All right, cons. I want to set this up. I felt like Heartless was sort of almost the lead in in the beginning, but was almost an afterthought in the grand scheme of things. It was more of a set. I know this is a collected chunk of an ongoing arc. Mm. It seemed more like they wanted to set this up for the future, and that's fine. But I believe, like, for example, we read a lot of Black Label. If this were a standalone book, I think it works perfectly well with Babs, Blockbuster, Maroney, Melinda Zuko. There is a lot happening right there that's great. I think maybe the only reason they couldn't just leave it at that is because, well, they wrapped that up pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> they wrapped the setup of it pretty neat. Well, that's like, true. Like, that's true. But now we're going to see... Ongoing you're right. Now thing. we're going to see what they do working together and how that dynamic plays out and if she is who she says she is. But yeah, I felt like Heartless was a little bit... Underutilized. Both the catalyst, but then also not essential to the plot. Yeah, it just doesn't seem very necessary. The only part that it... Like the inheritance and, you know, his his goals and then the mayor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that whole thing. Like, all, I think all that was was enough. I think the, the most important part that included Heartless was just the whole citizens in boats rallying to save the people. Uh, yes. Not that it was actually like critical or anything, just that it was supposed to be uplifting and it was supposed to fit with a part of the story that is all about like every person doing their part and uplifting the city. How are we going to fix the real problems? Yeah. Which like is in line with to, his goal for yeah, it. Yeah. And you know, the hearts of the people and stuff, but he just happens to have been the catalyst for like yeah. blowing up the dock where the kids were at so that the people could save them otherwise. Like if they could have figured out a way for somebody else to have done the same thing, then I don't really know. Other than Heartless being in future stuff, I don't know that he needed to be there. I mean, I think that it's probably going to be cool how they develop this, but just selfishly, I'm like, "Ah, could we have trimmed like an issue or something and just made this a really, because it's a personal story in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. you know, and could we have just emphasized all those interpersonal relationships because all that shit has has weight all that shit has depth and this is the only thing that's like all that murder wasn't nice but like who who is this guy I disagree you know you're like I I mean I thought it was artfully done he ripped it right out it was a clean hole in his chest sometimes you get like you're like I've seen so many murders in my life at this point like it's hard to excite me with a new one yeah that was creative though yeah I'm with you that's my main con about it Um, 
whatever it was that you said a minute ago. Yeah, all that <laughs> bullshit you were saying, I'd stop no, listening. But it's, I mean, that, that truly is my con about it. because it, I have a shorter answer than you said, it, but you know. It is so much of a gist. setup book, which is just because it is a setup book. It's the beginning of a story. Yeah, yeah, it's but number one. It lacks a strong conclusion because of that, because it it has no real conclusion. Like, Which it has a very good conclusion, but then that extra page makes you like, oh yeah, what's well, all this shit again? But I mean, the conclusion, because that's my other another element of the con about it is I, it's it's executed well in this, but this is like another modern comics thing, especially in Batman-related stories because he's a billionaire, mm. where now they're all about like, what the real story is, he set up a foundation. <laughs> he's going to mm. invest in infrastructure and uh, schools and stuff. And like, that's not bad, and it's executed well, mm -hmm. but it's a little tired, especially in the context of these other like superhero stuff going on that don't get resolved in this story. Yeah, it just mm -hmm. feels like unfinished. Not that they didn't do, you think do what they, they set out to do. Added heartless because they they had this goal, but then thought, well, but we need some more action shit, some superhero shit. No, I think they added heartless because they know like they're going to do cool stuff with him later. Having him be like, oh, what am I going to do with this billion dollars that I was given? And then there's not if if the story was about like multiple beats of him going like let's investigate the problems in the city and this and that and like really going into it and talking about it mm -hmm. then the payoff would be more interesting than just like i got a bunch of money at the beginning of it and then at the end of it i'm going to give it all away mm -hmm. mm. that's almost unnecessary cuz you didn't actually explore anything about it other than like oh yeah all these kids parents were murdered by this guy i so like that they refer to a plan without ever showing you his hand until the last couple pages of the last issue where it all comes out at once in a very public way. You get a sense that he's trying to put together this big idea and how he can actualize mm -hmm. an intangible... Alfred could of, have just given all that money to Bloodhaven. Alfred could have just given all that money to some good cause. He's smart. He's generous I, in giving. Well, I know, but I just mean, I, I like the way that it was done in that, like, okay, he's been given all this, holy shit, I know you're going to do something good with it. And then you sort of watch him ruminate over it. But when he goes to visit Leslie Tompkins, when he goes to visit Lucius Fox, like, we don't actually sit in on those conversations. We don't know what he's doing. And so I did find it rewarding that, like, they do give you the sort of the big reveal of it at the An end. Another way of describing my problem with it, and I was thinking about this yesterday, unrelated, it's like when a writer has to write a character that's a genius, mm -hmm. but the writer is a normal person like the rest of us and mm -hmm. not a genius. So their way of showing you this person being a genius doesn't work. Yeah. Because they are not a genius themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's just weird and like contrived. And it's like, no, geniuses don't just like know the answer to things. They figure them out in, in ways that, regular people like us don't mm -hmm. because they have some better problem solving. They're capable. Yeah, so to just it it just fell flat because of that. And I and I stick on that because that's kind of the only thing I didn't like about this book, that element. I think a very good way to simplify this con is to just say the villains. This had a lot for our heroes, not a lot for our villains. Or just, yeah, whatever the, the antagonistic thing was. There's not a whole mm -hmm. lot to mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Whatever their problem is, it's not poverty. What mm -hmm. if Alfred got him all wrong and he just like blew it on a horse? <laughs> I know. That's, like, that's, why he, that's why he gives it to him. Like, let's see how you fuck this up. Yeah, yeah. That's why we didn't give it to you when you were Rick. We know you would have spent it all <laughs> on whores. Brand new taxi and whores. <laughs> all right. Rating. 
4.5. Four. And the one point off is just for what I complained about. Yeah. I think first read, I was five. I was like, holy shit. Like, the that experience was so surprisingly exciting all the way through. And and I think that reading it with the critical lens, it's a, it's a four and a half. Has some issues with the things we talked about. But like, wow, it's enjoyable. I would say a big accomplishment for everyone involved on this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely made a, a new fan and longtime reader out of me. I bought, I think, three of these trades now. So um, I wanted to, before we go, shout out our sponsor, The Nando Knight, TNK Comics and Collectibles. He waited outside in the rain today to go get an autograph for me in, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the L.A. area where they were doing a con. And uh, he let me send a book down to him. And Kevin Sorbo signed that Hercules <laughs> issue number one for you. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. I prefer my covers to be shirtless dudes. <laughs> or Nightwing's butt. I don't know. Either way, it's hard to decide. You know, I don't ask for much doing this, but if anyone wants to send me that Kotobukiya be shown in Nightwing statue, that's the only thing that keeps me from collecting that whole series because it's so expensive. Yeah, so. because you bought the rest of them and then like just brought them over here. Well, they look better in your place. I'll take them <laughs> back someday. <laughs> they look better in a room full of other stuff. It's true. It's true. This is Robin. Thanks for checking out the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening yet again. I appreciate everybody who follows us on Instagram and helps us get the word out when we drop these episodes. You know, the folks who will repost our shit to your stories means a lot. If you are new to the show, please subscribe. I won't tell you where to find it because you're already listening to it. But do give us the five-star rating and drop a little review. Just name an episode that you liked, maybe quote something funny that we said, and uh, all of that adds up to a lot. Okay? Appreciate it. We are going to return to... DC Black Label on the next episode. That's two weeks from now. This is a spinoff tie-in of Matt Reeves' The Batman with his screenwriter Mattson Tomlin and art by Andrea Sorrentino. Stay tuned for Batman the Imposter.